This podcast is sponsored by Hibu, an award-winning e-commerce fulfillment provider, helping online businesses grow by taking care of all their order fulfillment needs, picking, packing, and posting products to customers all over the world. Fuel your growth and fulfill your ambitions with Hibu. Welcome to Three Peeps in a Podcast, the bonus show. Another very special day at Ashton Gate, where we recognise those eight men who tore up their contracts so we could go on. And we certainly are going on up the league with a 1-0 home win against Norwich. A plus one goal difference at this point in the season for the first time in years. Unbeaten still this year and another game where the bench are breathing down the necks of the starting eleven, waiting for their opportunity. Lee's three words were naughty, Norwich, neutralised. Matt is with me as always. And Matt, your your thoughts on those three words? Yeah, do you know what? I've seen a couple of people talk about um, some of the Norwich tactics. And other than Hanley going down like some sort of six-year-old, um, I didn't really notice too much. I've got to be honest. So maybe I sort I of pressed them were a bit more naughty, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Maybe I missed a few things that went on. But um, like you say, patches. You know, the, the turnaround since Christmas is unbelievable. And and you have to say credit to Nigel Pearson because um, he seems to be spot on with what he's talking about in terms of the dressing room, the way they're playing. Because when I was walking out last night, all you could hear people talking about was the spirit, mm. the the way that they fought. Um, you know, and, and and going back to what you just said, we beat Norwich, and that's like the first time in in twelve games, I think, in yeah. many an away trip I've made. I mean, this season in particular, we were brilliant and came away with nothing. So, yeah, re- really, really good, and and definitely on an upward trend, didn't it? It had a real opening day of the season feel for me yesterday. Yeah. Great atmosphere yeah. on the pitch, off the pitch, in and around the ground. Had that great feel, didn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. And and I think the. You know, the Ashton Gate 8 tribute plays a part in that. Um, but certainly in the concourse under the safe stand, it was it was rocking yesterday. Um, and I think after the game, when when you beat a team like Norwich, and that's no disrespect to Preston last week, because that was an incredible win as well for us. But when you beat the big boys, and you're talking about a team that were in the Prem last season, it shows just how well we are now doing. So you can't speak highly <laughs> enough about them, can you? Yeah. Well, it has been a year since those 40th anniversary celebrations, and uh, I'll certainly never forget it. And a, and a man who played a pivotal role in the pitch parade was the man who announced the players onto the pitch, and he's with us today, ex-Norwich, ex-Bristol City. Uh, it's Paul Cheesley. Paul, how are you, sir? Very good, thank you. Yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. We'll we'll talk about um, the game and a bit about the Ashton Gate 8. But first of all, we always start with our talk club. How are you out of 10? So, Paul, how are you out of 10? Nine and a bit, I think. Well, everything's going well at the club. I enjoy what I do down there. And obviously, seeing the boys yesterday, the Ashton Gate 8 was lovely. Yeah. And also the crowd, the, the excitement down there and, um, and the result as well, which makes all the difference, of course. Yeah, fantastic. Matt, yourself? Just firstly, picking you up on something, Paul Cheesley's not ex-Bristol City. Paul Cheesley is Bristol City. Oh. So, yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not having that, cheese. I'm not having that. Um, I'm, 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 why you were beer for that. <laughs> I, I'm a good nine patch. Um, like like Paul, I think we, we we say week in, week out on this, how the, um, the result makes such a difference to our weekends now we fill on a Sunday. But it was special yesterday. Um, yes, the Ashton Gate 8 is always special. Um but yeah, the the performance, the result, the fans, the atmosphere, yeah, is a is a nine. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm a nine as well. You might tell from my voice that I had a very good day yesterday. Um, lots of shouting, lots of, uh, lots of drinking. Um, and yeah, definitely a nine Sundays are, are always, always good podcast in the morning, Sunday lunch, bit of football in the afternoon. It's a, it's a winning formula for anybody um so paul just coming back to you obviously i can't believe it was a year ago that you're on the pitch announcing those those players on um and yesterday again obviously not not the fanfare of the of the 40th anniversary but still really special yeah the guys are still full of beans and stuff i mean to to do what they've done i mean we could we can go on about this forever and i can't i can't stop talking about it mm. especially the fact that um would i have done the same thing if i were in that position very difficult to answer that question but those guys did it and i did mention it when i did my uh, q a with them in the, in the hospitality yesterday that um asked them their opinions and they said there was no there was no question about it that they had to do it for the fans for the club and even for their own peace of mind as well which is fantastic fantastic day and obviously you did play for norwich but there was no question yesterday who you were behind no red socks on mate all the time that's <laughs> what it was and actually show everybody as well all right <laughs> <laughs> love it love it okay let's go through the starting lineup so it was max o'leary george tanner rob atkinson zach viner cam pring uh, Mark Sykes, Joe Williams, Alex Scott, Matty James, Sam Bell, and Naki Wells. Matt, no major surprises there. Obviously, Naismith out through injury. Joe Williams coming in. No, no, it was the obvious change, wasn't it? I mean, it, it's not like we're blessed with with midfielders that can come in anyway. Um, but Joe did well when he came on. Slightly concerning the the, the Carl Naismith situation. Mm. Um, you, you kind of, I think after the Preston game, Nigel Pearson said. That, you know, they were hopeful that it was only just a, a bit of a precaution, and now you've seen a specialist, and, and you get the feeling it might be another long one. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, obvious, and you, you reference it again. Patch the bench really strong, um, knowing that that if you're not performing, you've got players that are going to come on, and if they come on and do well, Nigel Pearson will give them the shirt. So, that's that's a, a really important factor at the moment, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Right, we'll go through the minutes now. Okay, so uh, the first note I've got is the eighth minute um, and the uh, minutes applause, which was very well received, very well um, observed by everyone in the ground. And props to Section 82 as well for unfurling the the crowd surfer. And also at the the start, it was great to see the Scott Murray crowd surfer going across the dolmen. It's always a great visual. So, yeah amazing that eighth minute applause um yeah no, no questions there um 20th minute campering makes up some ground to get an important tackle on pookie uh that was the first real note there matt was campering uh you know we've said it before but his pace i i think he could catch anybody um get back in and get a really important block on on someone who is a danger man cam's come so far in his fitness um he was always quick over the first sort of 10 yards um, but yeah, that that run yesterday, Pookie is a really, really clever centre forward. I'd love to know what, what Paul thinks of him. But a couple of times yesterday, his movement and the way that he runs off the ball um, and Pring was second best on that. But but not only did he get the ball, but it was you know vital that he did, because if not, he's potentially going off there because he's he's entering yeah. the edge of the box. And so, yeah, fa- fantastic from Pringy yesterday. Yeah, go for it, Paul. Your thoughts on Pookie? He's been in a, a, a rich vein of form at the beginning of the season. It showed because Norwich were at the top of the table. They faltered slightly. Then they got rid of their gaffer. 
now they started revitalizing again. Puki is very dangerous in that he stands with the center off and all of a sudden he's just turning dart off mm. somewhere. And they kind of know that Norwich. They know the runs he kind of makes. But just not look as soon as they see him turn, they knock the ball. He's gone. That's how he scored so many goals in the start of the season. Unfortunately, he's had a bit of a dry spell, but he's still a dangerous guy, as you said, very intelligent player. Yeah. Um, and then I've just got a bit of a summary of the first 20 minutes here. So uh, Max has come to claim the ball a number of times when uh, in previous you know games of the season, he's not been so decisive. He's certainly seemed more decisive yesterday. Only one moment of, of shakiness. I think Zach got the wrong side of his man. And apart from that, Paul, the first 20 minutes was fairly even. Yeah, I mean... It's a chess match to start with, I thought, because um, they were trying to find each other out, basically. We 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 tried a couple of crosses into the box, didn't miss the first defender, right? And they, they got cut out. But the goals we scored fairly recently is the ones that when we got to the front post and knocked the ball into the box nice and early and got people on the end of them. Unfortunately, that didn't happen to start with. So it was a bit of a, a stalemate first 20 minutes. Absolutely, yeah. 24th minute, uh, it's Pring getting his head in, dispossessing the Norwich midfielder, driving forward, threads a ball through the eye of a needle, through two men to Sykes. He takes one touch and shoots left-footed under the keeper and it's 1-0 City. Um, and that's five goals now for the summer signing, Matt. And um, obviously, looking back, and it took an age to actually go into the net after that sort of touch under the keeper, but the keeper should be doing better. But you've got to get it on target. You've got to buy a ticket to win the lottery. It's what we say, isn't it? You, you know, absolutely, you have to. Um, great interception by Pring. I know Wagner, after the... Um, the post-match thought it was a foul. I, I didn't, and we'll talk about the referee, I'm sure. Um, I didn't think it was a foul. I thought he went down a little bit too easy. But as you say, Pringy plays a lovely ball through. The defender desperately tries to sort of stick a leg out and it, and it misses him. But Sykes shows great presence of mind to bring it inside. Yes, it wasn't the most powerfully struck shot, but it's on target. But yeah, I mean, you, you have to say, I think it's, it was Angus Gunn in goal who was Brian or is Brian Gunn's son. Yeah. Yeah. yeah not was, but is, <laughs> yeah. Um and I think he came in, I think he'd been injured, but Tim Cruel made an absolute howler last week in their their sort of heavy defeat to Burnley. Um so Wagner must be thinking, God, did I do the right thing there? Because yeah, he's got to be saving that all day long, and it wasn't it wasn't a difficult save to make. But credits for Sykes again and his confidence is is flying. Um and I noticed yesterday, Nigel Pearson, you know, he's been quick to say, well, he should have been there when he's sort of been playing right wing back in. But yesterday he said, well, now he's playing further forward and in a position that he knows, you know, we're seeing it. And and again, you sort of think, yeah, well, you know, you, you've got that right now, Nigel. Let's, let's keep it there. But good goal. Good goal. Yeah. Paul, get your thoughts on the goal. Um, the through ball, fantastic. And the finish on target. Fantastic through ball. Um as you said, the defenders not got near it, but tried to. And the first touch made it for me. He made it correct for himself, made it nice and easy for him to strike the ball. Another thing that was crucial in that goal is that keepers always dive a little bit higher, don't they? They yeah. think the ball's going to be in a comfortable position for them. But when you knock the ball along the deck, it's going to be very difficult to get down that quickly. So in that effect, that's the only reason why the ball went in the back of the net, because you sit it along the ground. I think anywhere, any bit bit higher you would have saved it and in fact i still think you should have done better as you said 
Mm, yeah. yeah, good, good shape, man. Yeah. 29th minute, a short corner routine. It's a James 1 2 with Sam Bell. James passes to Scott. It's a decent cross in. And it's George Tanner, Matt, in a good position. His header just glances wide. Yeah, I, I mean, we're, I'm sure we're going to eulogize about George Tanner um, later because I thought he was fantastic yesterday. Um, yeah. Great to see him getting in the box like that. Um, I know it's from a, a set piece, but yeah, it was. Um, a, a good good header, just a little bit unfortunate, wasn't he? Got got a good connection on it. Um, the right connection, just just unfortunately a bit off target. Paul, you've played with some great fullbacks over the years. Yesterday, the two fullbacks were the two standout players for me, Campering and George Tanner. I thought they were both fantastic, getting down the line, getting balls into the box whenever they could. Gives everybody a chance in the box to get in the danger area then and create problems for the defence. The header... A little bit firmer, it's in the back of the net. bit unfortunate, really, because that could have ended the game for them. Yeah. You like to head the ball, didn't you, in your day? Me? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was probably one of my fortes, really. I was crap on the ground. <laughs> you, you, you weren't. You weren't. <laughs> I've seen most of your goals now, and uh, you certainly weren't, that's for sure. Um, right, 31st minute, it's Pring again. Pring breaks away down the left, feeds Wells, He's um is chipped in, uh, but yeah, not not one. And Cam is absolutely flying. Uh, I think we've already we've already covered that, and we'll cover that more later. Thirty fifth minute, Pookie cuts inside and gets a good shot away, but Max is equal to it at the near post. Yeah, Matt, this was a um looks looks like a textbook save, but it was something he had to get down to because Pookie knows exactly where he wants that to go. Yeah, it was, it was at our end. It was actually going wide. Um, oh, was but, it? Right. But, okay. but Max couldn't take a chance with it. But it actually stemmed from a, a poor clearance from Max. Um, and that then invited the pressure on him. Mm. Max's kicking yesterday yeah. wasn't very good. Um, I, 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 well, I've i gotten several notes of that later in the game, which I sort yeah. of condensed into one. But he's always looking for that person on the touchline. And when, when, when we're 1-0 up with minutes to go, you've just got to keep it in. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't. I actually don't mind that one as much. It was more of his um, out of his hands, and when he'd set it, he would have all the players on the left, and then he would slice it, and it would go into the middle or the right. But a couple of times, he's all. I, I don't. I don't mean he's too casual, but it comes across a little bit like that. That um, he's obviously technically very good, but he's sometimes a outfield he just, player until exactly, fourteen. Yeah. Um, but it just yesterday was was noticeable just how many times it didn't quite work out. And, and especially late in the game, there were a couple of ones where he, he put straight out and allowed Norwich to then get possession back, which Nigel Pearson was uh, yeah, was was none too pleased about. But that one, he wasn't to know it was going it was going wide, and so he had to get down low and make a good sort of strong save. So I think that was the only shot they had, to be fair. Yeah. Okay. 38th minute. Sykes pounces on a loose ball and crosses to Wells, who heads over. This ball was a really good opportunity. A loose pass from Norwich. Um, as we've said already, Sykes is full of confidence, gets down the side, and we've seen Naki Wells glance those into the into the net, haven't we? Yeah, I mean he's just kind of got up a little bit late, I think. If he'd have got over the top of the ball, then he could probably have headed it down. But um Nevertheless, the ball was whipped in really quickly. Um, it's one of those instinctive things you stick your head in the way, basically. And um, unfortunately, it didn't hit the target. But going back to the keeper, I think uh, O'Farrell would have been liking to make touch as many times as that did for England this afternoon. Against <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so without being rude, it was 
quite obvious that um, quite a few of those things went astray. Yeah. But yeah, that's the way it is. We spoke spoke about you know technique of heading a ball and and, and things like that. Um, also, the most important thing is the delivery. Now we've been moaned Bristol City so far this season for for crosses into the box, set pieces, corners, and free kicks. As a, a a scorer of a lot of headed goals, how important is that service? Well, to be quite honest, it's great for somebody like me who has got a bit of aerial power. When you've got a couple of guys up front that are not massively tall, um, you want to try and alleviate the centre house getting the head and the ball away. So you've got to try and whip them in nice and low if you can, which which, and then we can get across players, across the bigger players. So. You know, if we had a big, ugly centre forward like me up front, it's nice and easy. You can hang a ball up there, can't you? But we need to whip them in with these guys who are darting across players to stop the big centre halves heading at free. This is a message from the Bristol City Former Players Association. Throughout last season, we brought a number of ex-players back to Ashton Gate. We were pivotal in delivering celebratory events, including the Ashton Gate 8 40th anniversary, and we also celebrated the stars of the 60s who were paraded on the pitch. This season, we will be commemorating some important moments in the club's history and some very important people who were part of our club. If you would like to assist with sponsorship of any of these events, please get in touch with me via email to events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk In addition, we are always on the lookout for any interesting artefacts from the club's history to add to our ever-growing Bristol City archive. Thanks for listening, and my email address again is events at bcfcformerplayers.co.uk Thank you. Right, the halftime summary from Rob. A well-contested game. Norwich have lots of quality in their team, which is keeping us honest. We need to stay switched on, but we are. Again, a very good goal from us, winning the ball in midfield, an incisive pass and another Sykes goal. Keeper should maybe have done better, but we'll take it. Viner and Atkinson marshalling well at the back. Pring and Tanner both having great games. Bell not as impactful today, but could kick into gear at any moment. Fantastic options off the bench up front, which is again, I'd advocate utilising to give Norwich more problems as they tire later on. And Matt, we uh, will come on to that, but we certainly did. Um, Bell and Bell and Wells both coming off. Uh, Cornick and Mehmeti coming on in the 59th minute. Yeah, um, got to see Cornick last week at Preston, and I, and I was impressed with his, his actually his aerial prowess last week. He was putting himself about, um, challenging. Um, really excited to see Mimetti yesterday. Just to see, yeah, we've seen the YouTube clips in. We've seen a lot of players over the years. YouTube clips, they look brilliant, and then when they they're in the shirt, well, it's, it's only not, their highlights, isn't it? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> you don't you don't show the miscontrols and stuff, do you? But. <laughs> Um, I thought he came on and, and did really well, and as did as did Cornick. Um, yeah. Should have scored as, we, as we'll, we'll talk about, but I yeah. thought both of them showed again the strength that we've got. Um, and I think it's important to remember with Cornick, he was much more of a wide player for Luton coming in, and, and Pearson sees him more playing centrally now. He's got the number nine shirt, so that will be interesting to see how he develops from that point of view. But um, yeah, it was. Um, Again, showing the importance of the bench. And there's been a number of times this season, Patch, where you Pearson must have looked around at the bench and thought, I don't know what I'm going to change it. It's going to improve what we've currently got. And and now he's got that, hasn't he? You know, to bring be able to bring Thomas Callas on late in games, you know. Yeah. Brilliant. 
Absolutely. Yeah, just backtracking a couple of minutes. So 56 minute, Williams takes out a Norwich player. He jumps back up and gets pushed to the floor. And it was a really frantic few minutes, Paul. Um, I, I bet you'd be love, love to be in and amongst that, wouldn't you? <laughs> yeah, even now yeah, right. I wouldn't have started I'd have finished it <laughs> but yeah for me excuse me when you raise your arms or hands to anybody that's a sending off offence don't don't get me wrong it wasn't a punch it was a shove with two hands it's up around his chest or higher than that whichever around his neck for me any t- any time a player raises his hands no matter whether it's in retaliation or initially that's a sending off offence I get that. I get the booking, but I don't get the not sending off. I think that's awful. And you were saying about the referee. You want to go back to that later? You want to speak to speak about yeah, it? Speak it, it. Yeah. Well, I thought he was poor for both sides, actually, yesterday. Yeah. He made some decisions that were abysmal. Uh, he didn't listen to any of his line, either of his line judges. Referee says, points it to that way, and the linesman puts his flag up that way. Yeah. But I thought he made some poor decisions yesterday and he didn't protect the players as much as he should have done. Not that it was a filthy game by any stretch of the imagination, but what was there to be looked at, he didn't look at properly. Yeah, yeah. Matt, your thoughts on, on the ref and also that Joe Williams incident? For, for a Premier League ref, I, I was really surprised at, at how he refereed it. Um, you've got You've got to know players and I'm sure he would have refereed Norwich last season. I would be surprised if he didn't. But as I said, Hanley, on numerous occasions, every time anybody came anywhere near him, he went down and the ref gave every one of those. The yeah. um, the shove, I agree. I think um, certainly in the modern game, it should be a sending off. We probably can say, okay, well, we got away with one last week then at Preston because Naki did exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So may- maybe that evens out. But um, Joe Williams knew what he was doing. Um I don't, I don't like to see players then, and this is critical of Joe actually, because he went down and stayed down for a little bit, and and it wasn't yeah. enough to warrant that. He should have been bouncing straight back up. So I don't like that aspect that you, you're looking to get a man booked or or worse than that. But yeah, I, I thought he was really poor. I agree with Paul. I think it was for both sides. Although I do think he favoured ex Premier League side Norwich slightly more than he did us. I thought a lot of the fifty fifties went Norwich ways. Okay, I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely. 58th minute, Cam run, runs the length of the pitch, feeds Alex Scott and his cross is cut out. But just another example of Cam covering ground, gaining yards and uh, and clearing danger and trying to set up a, an attacking move. Um, then we had the substitution, which we've covered. 65th minute, really important block from Atkinson after a shot from Sarah, Matt. And uh, that was the first of a number of important interceptions. I think Rob had a couple yesterday where um, he, he threw himself in front of the ball. And, and again, I'll go back to something Nigel Pearson says about the determination to keep the ball out the net. That was clear yesterday. Um, I, I was watching um, Match of the Day last night in Southampton. And, and I'm not a big Nathan Jones fan, but I think the way that it seems those those players are playing for him, they, they didn't have a, a care about keeping the ball out of the net yesterday. Whereas Atkinson, it was an unbelievable block. And more than that, Patch, and it was watching them celebrate that afterwards as well. It's you can see what it means for them to have kept a clean sheet and and knowing they were winning the game against Norwich, you know, a team that, that should be right at the very top of the table. So, yeah, re- I thought Atkinson was was hugely impressive again yesterday. He's really come back in form. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And obviously, Paul, as a striker, your job was to score the goals, but you need to have great defenders in there that are putting their bodies on the line to to stop the opposition scoring. Yeah, that's the thing. If you if you don't concede, you've got a hell of a chance of winning a game, haven't you? And that's yeah. and that's where it starts. I mean, it's a backbone, really. You start from the back initially, as far as I'm concerned, forget about the strikers. Uh, if you can if you can not concede goals, you've got, you've got a hell of a chance of winning games. Yeah. yeah, no, absolutely. Okay, um, and I've got a little note here. Pearson really enjoying himself on the touchline. He, uh, he, he did a little bit of. What a, was he doing? <laughs> he, he did a little yeah, bit of a, one of those to um, to the opposition when they got a decision like, "Oh no, are you going to cry?" Oh, right, okay. <laughs> and and then the ball came to him, and he sort of held it the other side of his body so that the Norwich player couldn't get it. And you just you just know that he really wants to just get involved. And and for me, it's great to see. And Nigel Pearson, Paul, um, is a, a real character on and off the on and off the field and in interviews, isn't he? Yeah. Would you like to have a row with him? Um, not right now, but but the thing is about then we considered before this little run we've been been on. Um, there was a, probably a game or two away from maybe, yep, leaving the club because people were talking about this and that and the other. The form yep. wasn't there precisely, but now we've locked it up at the back, stopped people scoring goals as many as we can, but I mean, and we're scoring goals at the other end, which is nice, and we're playing really well. Mm. The forum's good, the camaraderie's there, you can tell. We talked about this block tackle Atkinson, and the response from the rest of the team is fantastic. This is what you want. Yeah. You need that camaraderie, you need that togetherness. Be, a, be, be willing to accept constructive criticism from your fellow players, and then put it right. Don't make that same mistake again. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, and, Just, and Paul, go on, Matt. Sorry, Patch. Huge kudos has to go to Richard Gould and Steve Lansdane and John Lansdane in terms of sticking by Nigel Pearson because we know from our own sort of polls that we did that it was very much, you know, or not very much, but the, the tide had turned quite a bit and lots of Pearson supporters were of the mind that, yeah, maybe it was time for a change. And they stuck by him. It was, it was never, never in question. Never did they have to come out and say, no, we're fully behind them or whatever. He, they know what he's trying to do behind the scenes. And again, in his, his press conference, he, he referenced about getting sort of players out and having the the right atmosphere. And, and he said, not, not all players, and there were players that he needed to get out who weren't playing. But clearly, the group that he's now got, he believes are, you know, the camaraderie that Paul talked about. Um, and he's got to take great credit for that. But yeah, I think, I think the board... Steve Lansdowne is not a, a, an owner who sacks managers willy-nilly. You know, you look at the, the likes of Huddersfield this season, um, you know, and other clubs. Um, Steve Lansdowne is not, isn't like that. And hopefully that will then get rewarded in the longer term because certainly Nigel Pearson seems to have turned it around and lots of the detractors are now very much in the camp of, you know, mm. I think I got it wrong. Yeah, and, and just something I mentioned in the intro, Matt, we're now plus one goal difference. And that's yeah. the first time in, I, I haven't looked. In, in my lifetime of watching us. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't looked back that far, but it's, it's it something that like, you yeah. often look at our league table around this point, And we're yeah. very often on minus goal difference. Like Paul said, it, it starts from the back. If you can keep the clean sheets, then your nick games one nil, you know, as, as yesterday was case in point. There, there wasn't a lot between the two sides yesterday. Um, it, it was interesting. Um, I always want to say HTV, don't I? ITV, um, and then on the 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 highlight show, 
was saying how it was a game of low quality. And I didn't feel that yesterday. I actually thought both sides showed some real quality at times. It was just the chess match that Paul talked about. They were cancelling each other out. So, yeah. yeah. 76 minute. Talking about quality, uh, Mimetti, Paul, gets on the ball. He goes one way. He goes the other. He comes back in. And he gets a shot away. His shot's blocked. But he looks like a player. We've spoken about the highlight reels. He looks like a player who's going to get us off our seats. And that's uh, something we can really look forward to seeing him develop. Yeah, I mean, anybody who can run a defence is going to be valued very highly. And and can you imagine somebody like him running here every time? Oh, I'm going to have a good day today, aren't I? Chasing <laughs> shadow, do you know what I mean? So if, if, if you've got that kind of quality, it gives everybody a bit of a rest. Everybody perks up. The crowd are going, come on, let's have some more of this. And uh, it just makes everything everybody feel good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 77th minute, Scott into the box, goes down, no penalty. <laughs> um, there was that was never a penalty, but everyone looks at each other as if to say, you know, it's never going to happen. And then just after that, Matt Cornick's got himself in into almost like a headlock, um, and again, no penalty. Two, two, probably on more on the side of not penalties than penalties, but still raises a bit of a chuckle. Yeah, I mean, I, I think our our best chance will be Campring coming in the box or or Alex Scott. I think that's where we'll end yeah. up getting one. Or Mimetti. Um Yeah, or, or Mimetti. And there's a couple of times yesterday with Mimetti, you're right, where there could easily have been a defender leaving a leg sort of trailing. Um, you're right. I didn't think either of those were were anywhere near penalties. Um, and and Nigel will go on again on Five Live on Friday and say <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Um, because it's not. But it, I don't know if you, I'm sure you did see it yesterday because it was in our WhatsApp group, but we even made the New York Times or the one of the yeah. New York papers talking about the statistical anomaly that is us not getting penalties. And and it is incredible when you look at it. And, and probably even more so this season because we are getting in the box. We are scoring goals. Um, so you would expect just on the, the law of averages, wouldn't you? But yeah, they they neither of those were were ever penalties. Yeah. Paul, have you got any theories on this uh penalty anomaly that's made international news? <laughs> oh, no, not really. For me, it's like referees do do things their own ways. And we've seen so many variations and change not changing of the rules, but um movement of the, the hard and fast rules. Referees uh depict the, the rules and regulations in different ways. Maybe another referee might have given one or both of those as a penalty. Not sure, but it's on the day, isn't it? Really, and yeah. for but for me, there was no there were no clear cut penalties yesterday. No, yeah. no, there wasn't. No, no, Am I right not. in thinking Keith Stroud is refing on Wednesday? Apparently so. Yeah. So uh, how, how ironic would that be if Keith Stroud was the man that gave us the penalty? I think we'll of, still uh, be saying how ironic would it be yeah, this time season. next season yeah. if Keith Stroud yeah. was the referee? Yeah. <laughs> oh God, it's crazy. Uh, but Paul, the pressure on the penalty taker when we do get a penalty um, will be immense. Did you, did you take pens? <laughs> we, haven't one, we haven't had one for so long, have we? So, no. well, Tom, Tom, Rich, Tom, Tom Ritchie was the pr primary penalty taker, I think, wasn't he in your... No, no. Jerry Sweeney. Of course it was, Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One step, Jerry Sweeney, one yeah. step. Yeah. And then uh, Gowie scored a few as well. Yeah. Jerry Gowie. Did you yeah. ever take and him I, in York? I took, I took one at York. Oh, right. Score? From my hat trick, yeah. That was to get yeah, your hat trick, yeah. yeah. Of course, it was, yeah. yeah. 
I'll tell right. you what, it's such a bad penalty. The keeper just put one <laughs> he put one leg out to stop it and it went through through his legs and <laughs> I think that's how uh, poor it was. But yeah, I I'll think take it all day long. <laughs> he just wanted to share your hat trick bonus, I think. Absolutely. <laughs> An ode to Bristol City and the penalty. There is a game that we all love over all others that sits above. The aim of the game is to score, making sure that you score more. 22 players, a pitch and a ball. The fans are there to shout and call. One man is there to keep it fair, but sometimes his game can be a mare. You see, there is such a way that you can score. It's when a player takes a fall. Push, trip, shove, such a lot. Should all mean the man points to the spot. But there is a team that has no luck. It really makes you shout, what the heavens? It's now been 467 days since our last pen. City fans keep asking when. Will we ever get another? Should we give up and just not bother? Do the refs just hate our team? Or has it just been one bad dream? As the game becomes more able, we start to see us climb the table. Surely it's a matter of time before the ref points to the spot. The crowd erupts, it seems a penalty we have got. For now the pressure is on the taker, the chance to become the fan's dream maker. He runs, he looks, he thinks, he kicks. The top of the net, the ball, he sticks. The fans go mad, they jump and cheer. The pubs stock up with extra beer. For now we drink and celebrate. Finally, we can stop the hate. Our team have been given a pen. The game restores to its usual zen. No more conspiracy, no more theory. Football is back safe as we know it. Sit back, take stock and enjoy the glory. For this, their end, the great penalty story. 79th minute, Cornick away after a great volley pass forward from Joe Williams. He's uh, He's got a lot of time to think. But he opts to shoot, and Mehmeti was well-placed. Shot had power, but it was at the keeper. I think his moment will come. But, Paul, for you, you're through on goal. You're only going to shoot, aren't you? No. That you're going to pass? Poor decision. poor decision. Listen, my mate TV, Tom Ritchie, would have stuck that away for the cross <laughs> to him. So I know he's got a better chance than me. But the TV thing is, if he's, if he, if he, if he's, if he, that, the only time he scored was when the TV cameras were there. I didn't get TV coverage that he got. Anyway, but going back to that chance, listen, in your mind, you want to score. If you're so focused on it, you need to take a little look up just to see who's in a better position. For me, that is. And, and even I would have looked up and saw it and seen it, it was, it was free. So that said, he's at the target, as you say. He's made the keeper save. It was near the end of the game, but there's still a chance to get an equaliser. When you get 2-0, two, two, two oh, yeah. game's over, isn't it? Matt, it was it's Corrick's home debut. I think it all got the better of him. And I listened to the commentary back with Carl Naismith, and he expected him to shoot and score. Um, but still, great to see him in an advanced position with Mometi up for support. Good good yeah. run. I mean, you, you said it. The ball from Williams was, was brilliant. Um, mm. It... You, you kind of thought he must be offside because of how clear he was then through. Yeah. Um, the the only uh, uh, yes, I agree with Paul. Um, he should have probably passed because Mametti was completely unmarked. Um, I don't necessarily blame him for shooting because he, he he obviously wants to get off the mark as early as he can. 
he just hits it straight at the keeper, doesn't he? He didn't. He sort of. It was at that height again. Paul's point about if you go low, no, it's an easy. You know, yeah, it was a, it was an easy set. I mean, in fact, it more hit him than him really having to do anything, didn't it? I hope a goal's quick in coming because those sort of moments can then play on your mind if yeah. you, know, you have a few games yeah, yeah. where you're not scoring and you're getting chances. You might start snatching at stuff. So hopefully, it's not not far away. But um, again, I thought he made an impact, Cornick. He was he was putting himself about. Um, obviously, he's got good energy levels, um, which Pearson's talked about. Um, so yeah, yeah, it was probably the wrong wrong choice as it turned out. But yeah, I'm not I'm not going to be hugely critical of him. Eighty uh, first well, minute. I must be honest. I must be honest in that situation. If he scores, then everybody's kissing his butt. Oh yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it is what it is. So take yeah. a shot, really. But exactly, hard, yeah. but take a shot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's um, it was a it's a tough one. I think he was yeah, just just well, desperate to that's, desperate that's to the get thing. off the mark. S- score, and it's not a debate, is it? Well, and also the pass. Yeah, if you he if he then passes and it gets blocked or he mucks up the pass, everyone's gonna be oh, what yeah. are you or, bloody or, shit? Or Mamet, or Mamet, he misses. You're like, well, you well, want to yeah. goal, white, but yeah, but exactly. Okay, eighty-first minute. Alex Scott comes off. Captain Andy Vyman comes on. Matt, let's just talk briefly about Andy Vyman uh, being appointed club captain with Dave, David Bentley. Oh God, Daniel Bentley going out the door. Um, it, I think it's a great choice for me. He's someone who has been at the club. He's probably, well, he definitely, has been there the longest, apart from Zach Viner and Max O'Leary. Um, but yeah, for you, Andy Vyman, club captain. Yeah, I think he's. Um... He's the sort of player that you talk about that is in the ref's ear. We've, we've said that, or I've said it certainly from a captain. You want someone who's vocal, lets the referee know when there's sort of 50-50 decisions that we've spotted that and you've gone their way, come on, you know, even out and stuff. What was really interesting, and again, going back to, to cheese and, and the sort of professional game, Pearson let the players choose the captain. And, and that was, I, I, it feels quite unusual for me because normally there's a bit of a, a fanfare as to who's the captain and things like that. Um, and I think there was even one point where C- Curtis Fleming had said that Andy was going to go and see Pearson. And he said, well, if it's about the captain, yeah, the players choose. That's that's fine with me, um, which I thought was quite unusual. So I don't know, Cheese, whether you ever came across that, if that's something that in your experience, or was it normally a management decision? Well, when in, in the 70s team, obviously, it's such a long time ago. When I arrived at Bristol City, um, back from Norwich, Jeff Merritt was already the club captain. Nobody had any qualms about that whatsoever. His leadership or whatever, nothing was questioned. Yeah. So for me, if you, it, it was accepted by the players. Whether the manager at that time, Alan Dix, uh, chose him as the club captain, doesn't bother me. Yeah. Um, but when the players choose their mentor, there you go. Yeah. I mean, for me, all. that's fantastic. And do you know what? If if Pearson did do that and ask the players to, to to name their own captain, I think that's a great way to do it. Good and man that gets the backing yeah. of every good man management. I think that's really fantastic. Mm. Yeah, spot on. Okay, 83rd minute, Norwich shot flicked over the bar by Viner, then Tanner blocks and Campering throws his head into a 50-50, which was really important. Ends up running the length of the pitch again, passing wide to Vyman, who's cross earned a corner. But Matt, a real impressive passage of play there. Block from Tanner. Viner flicks one over the bar with his head. And then Pring makes a really important, throws his head in and wins the ball. And then he's off and running again. It's fitness levels. Like I say, I mean, you know, you go back to last season. Yeah, I remember you saying. Couldn't last 60 minutes and he was blowing in... 
Um, it was unbelievable yesterday, the, the the run on it. And actually, even going back to the goal patch, he's winning the ball in the centre circle and then running forward from, from you know, left back. Yeah. He's in that position. So, yeah, I th- Campering was was outstanding. But also, George Tanner, that 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 block. George Tanner must be one of those players that, that you love playing with because he just he's so consistent and he just goes about his business. There's no fuss about the bloke. Um, he just does it. And and listening to him after the game, that's how he spoke as well. You know, they were trying to get him to say that the playoffs are possibility. And and he was like, we'll just take, you know, I know it's a cliche, but we'll take each game. Yeah, yeah we're in good form. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was a, a really good passage to play. Maybe the, the ball was the wrong one. It should have gone to to, to Mehmeti on the other side. Um, but yeah, the energy level is incredible from, from Cam. Yeah, 83rd minute this is, Paul, and everyone's still putting a shift in. We freshened it up with substitutes. It was just looking good, and I was, in in years gone by, in games gone by even, I would still be fearful that Norwich are going to nick one here, but I had a real confidence that we were going to keep it and win. Yeah, I don't think they caused any problems in the last last few minutes of the, of the match, but that said, there was that little spell just before the last 10 minutes that we kind of sat back a little bit, like we're parking the bus, if you know what I mean. And it that worries me, that does. Because yeah. if you invite people on, they're going to get shots on target eventually. So what we should have done, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but don't take any credit away from Norwich. They, they wanted to go for it, whatever. Um, I, I just think we could have stretched them a little bit further up front uh, because there was nobody in their half. There was nobody on the centre circle. Where's our release valve if you want to get the ball away? Who's going to chase it down for you? Nobody. So for that 10-minute spell before the last 10 or 15 minutes, I thought we were a little bit vulnerable then, but we managed to um, keep a tight ship, basically. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, 85th minute, I've got two consecutive max clearances that ended up as throw-ins. So it's given the ball straight back to Norwich, but I think we've spoken about that already. Um, 88th minute, Sykes comes off. Callas comes on, so obviously just adding that extra bolt and brace mat to the defence. Well, you know, or you expect sides to then start to put the ball in the mixer a little bit, don't you, when it's late on like that and, and having a player like Thomas Callas um, to be able to to head the ball like he can do, the leap that he's got. Um, again, it just, just shows at the moment the, the strength that we've got in that match day squad. Um, so yeah, it was good to see. And also a little bit... Um, and it was a tactical move, I'm sure, but good for Sykes as well to come off and get the applause that he did. Because, yeah. um, you know, I, I'm not going to n- name names, but I've seen a few sort of Twitter posts about him and talking about um, him not being that good a player. And I saw the same people yesterday saying, you know, is it okay for me to have a face-to-face with him and admit I was wrong because <laughs> he's really doing the business at the moment. So, yeah, great, great credit to him. But brilliant that you can bring Callas on. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Callas. Hell of a jump on him, kamikaze in the air. Remind you of anyone? No, no, he couldn't beat me. <laughs> <laughs> no, but seriously, big asset. Nice to see him back on the pitch again, um, and also very experienced player. Yeah, good player. So yeah. yeah, to tighten it all up at the back a little bit more. So in the last dying minutes, whatever, it it kind of makes a bit of sense, really. And as you said about Sykes. Listen, people might have said things about him. He's not that good a player. Well, five goals already. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's not a bad player, really, is it? Or should no, he have scored, well, should he have scored bit, 10? 
Till he scored 10, really. Who knows if he but, may have scored but, 10 if he was in but, that position. <laughs> but also, if he if if he was looking at any of these um, comments with people, he certainly put the credit right, hasn't he? Yes, he's put himself back on the map again. So he's yeah. he's made the effort to say, oh, shut the critics up. Fair play yeah. to the man. Yeah. And he's, he's, again, a number of people in James on our, our WhatsApp group were sort of saying just how vital he was for Tanner yesterday. And and they do work well as a pair, don't they, covering in. Again, it's nice to see when there were challenges going in in the box, he was sort of high-fiving each other. And actually, perhaps there was a challenge we didn't reference where um, Sykes had to come racing back the length of the pitch and make a challenge in the first half. And yeah. it was... He, he, I mean, it must have been 70 yards that he ran. It was brilliant. Yeah. Um, Callas is interesting, isn't it? Because it seems as though from the outside that he's got a really good relationship with Nigel Pearson. Um, obviously, his contract's up. He's on big, big money. Yeah. Would have to take a cut. Be interesting to see whether he's willing to do that in the way that Naki was. Um, because he clearly <laughs> likes the area. Um, so, yeah, that that's going to be an interesting one, I think, in the summer. Very interesting. Yeah, as you say, he's he is the uh, a high earner at the club, yeah. and you know he probably There's bound to be interested in him, isn't there? Yeah, I guess if someone comes in and offers him the same money he's on or more, then you can't blame the man. But no. yeah, yeah. It'd be interesting as he as you say, he is very settled in Bristol. Yeah. Um, just to finish off, ninety second minute, we've got um, Angus Gunn up for a free kick and then a corner. And I think Joe Williams made a really important block. So not only is Tanner making blocks, Viner making blocks, Pring, everyone is putting together, throwing themselves in the way. And uh, yeah, Joe Williams on this occasion. The attendance yesterday, 23,757, which um, was fantastic. And you could see and hear it as well, which was which is always great. Um, Matt, whilst I gather my voice a bit more, I'm going to hand over to you now for the ratings, if that's okay. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so Max, I've gone six. I went five initially because I thought his kicking was sort of poor. But then you talked about it as well, Patch. He did come for some important balls in the air yesterday. One of them was was actually quite a way out as well. Mm. It, it relieves the pressure. Um, he didn't have a lot to do. So I'm, I'm not, if I wanted to be negative this morning, I could knock him down to five, but I'm not going to. A uh, clean sheet as well? You know, a clean sheet, exactly, yeah. Um. I'll do the two centre halves as a pair. Um, Zach and Rob, I went two eights. Um, I thought both were were exceptional. Um, the blocks that we talked about. Yes, Zach made a, a misjudgment in the first half where he went to win a ball and didn't, and that was really the only mistake I can recall that he made. Rob Atkinson, I don't think put a foot wrong yesterday, um, and in in other games would certainly be in the mix for for man of the match. Um, the two fullbacks, I've gone two nines, and I'm not going to be dramatic and say I lost sleep over it. But I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought Tanner was brilliant, really, really good. Um, and I'm, I'm thinking Tanner was my man of the match. But I have to say, Pring's drive and what Pring gave us offensively, and the fact that he set the goal up as well, although Sykes had to do the, the work. I think just shades it and gives Cam the man of the match. But I went two nines in and certainly, all oh right, we did a vote as well, yeah, and it was 62% to Pring, 33% to Tanner, two to Atkinson, three to James. So that that kind of volume. And I think Cam got the uh, um, the sponsor's man of the match and I saw a, a club 
tweet as well where I think he got 43 and George got 42. So it shows how close they both were, but but both nines for me, I thought I thought they were exceptional yesterday. Um then in the midfield, so unusually, certainly over the last few weeks, I thought Alex had one of his quieter games yesterday, yeah. or not quite quiet's probably not the right word. He wasn't as influential as he has been the last two games. He's been standout, hasn't he? So Alex, I've gone six. Matty James and Joe Williams have gone two sevens. Um, I thought both, you know, in, in, against very, very good opposition. I, I really like McLean um, for Norwich, but I thought both Joe Williams and Matty James really, really did a, a good job um, defensively more than anything, breaking up the play. Um, Matty James was interesting, and, and I haven't heard it, but I believe Carl Naismith talked about how important Matty James is to the team and what he allows the sort of the team <coughs> to do. And so... You know, give give him a little bit of credit there, but yeah, I went I went two sevens for the two midfield boys. Um, up front, so Naki and Sam, I went well. In fact, all all four, but Naki and Sam, I went two sixes. Um, both both worked really hard. Agree with what Rob said at halftime about Sam. He, he didn't have the influence that he did, but still kept chasing, still kept causing problems. Um, Hopefully, Tommy Conway is going to be back on the grass in the, the next week or so. So that's going to, again, add to that competition because we know mm -hmm. how bright Tommy was. But yeah, for those two, I went two sixes. And then the two subs, um, Harry and, and Anis. Well, Sykes. Sorry, Sykesy. Sykes, I went eight. That's because on my spreadsheet, he's back at right wing back. That's where I started <laughs> Sykes, I went eight as well. Got got the, the goal, obviously. Um, put a shift in. Could have been edging a nine, but I, I just think that Tanner and Pring were standouts yesterday. Yeah. So, yeah. um, So, yeah, so um, Sam in, and Naki, like I said, two sixes. And Harry Cornick in, and Anis Mimetti, I went two sixes. Maybe Mimetti, so you kind of tempted to say seven, but actually nothing, he didn't produce anything at the end of it in terms of a, you know, a, a chance or... So I think he showed the promise. I think with Mimetti especially... Getting that first game out of the way, albeit as a sub, and the nervous energy that that must give you, that will stand him in good stead going forward as well. He, he knows he can play at the championship level because he did it for whatever it was, 20, 30 games for Wickham. Mm -hmm. um, so I think with both of them, um, yeah, two, two, two good performances when they came on. And the gaffer's it's got to be an eight as a minimum. Um, you know, we, we we beat Norwich, as we talked about, a, a, a Premier League side, really, as they have been over the last few seasons, um, you know, albeit bouncing up and down, but that they are at that top end of the Championship or bottom end of the Premier League, aren't they? Um, so for him to get a win, your side to get a win, you've got you know, great credit to him again. Yeah. Are you OK with those cheese or those ratings? Yeah, I thought, um, <clears throat> don't take any... Uh, um, credit away from the double centre-half who stopped Sargent and Pookie, two important players for that side, getting anywhere near scoring goals. I thought yeah. that was a fantastic effort. But overall performance, it's like a workmanlike uh, performance all around the pitch. The strikers played well. They were substituted because they ran their socks off. Um, and for me, I thought that the players that played up front yesterday worked very hard for us. Yeah. The, rest of the, get, the, rest of the, the rest of the team around the park picked up nicely, didn't let anybody play too well and reduced any chances to a minimum. Yeah. yeah. I thought Naki yesterday, Patch, there was one or two times where he did brilliantly to win the ball or hold the <laughs> ball and bring it in. And then his last moment was the wrong ball, wasn't it? Or he got tackled in. But yeah, his, his work rate was phenomenal. He was but coming gives... quite deep at times, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, he was. 
Yeah. That gives us an average of um, 7.08 for the game. Okay. Um, so let's let's have a look. We're 30 games in. Um, I think on your spreadsheet there, you've got all 30 league games. Who is coming up to Trumps as, um, as our highest rated in the first 30 games? It's probably not a um not an, an obvious one, but Campring. So Campring's yeah. averaging 7.15. He's actually got the most man of the matches as well for us. He's got five man of the matches this season. Um where the next one are Wales and Scott with four. Um so yeah, no surprise really that it's it's Campring at the moment. Okay, fantastic. Right. 150 appearances yesterday for Thomas Callas. Worth noting. Um, congratulations to him. And then we've got lots of tweets. I'll read as many as I can before my voice completely goes. Um, so Chris, what a superb character this team has shown in the last two games. <clears throat> uh, so many vital blocks, especially in the second half. Can't remember Max being really troubled. Tanner edges Pring for me, for my man of the match. How he dealt with Hernandez and the crowd were brilliant. Shane O'Connor, back five, including O'Leary, were brilliant today. Matty James and Williams, just as good. Atmosphere, the best this season. On to Wednesday. Johnny Pine, another battling team performance, similar to Preston. Pring, absolutely awesome. Tanner had his best game yet. Referee was determined we were uh, Norwich were going to get something out of the game. Loving this current run and loving the team spirit we have. Long may it continue. Uh, Robin over here, Beth Not Roof. A mention on the pod would be great for her Australian Facebook group. I saw so, that, yeah. Yeah, if, if anyone is listening from Australia, there is a, a Facebook group. If you go follow at Robin over here one, you'll be able to see the detail of that. But I think it's just Bristol City, Australia, I think is the name of the Facebook group. Um, and also, she also adds, what a win. Tanner and Pring, excellent. Naismith was really insightful on Robin's TV. He is a coach in the making. Um, Dr. Dean Allen, a fantastic home win for Bristol City today against Norwich. Great team performance with Campering, George Tanner, Mike's, Mark Sykes, all outstanding. Nine games unbeaten. There's a real unity in the group right now. Um, just touch on that unity in the group right now, Paul. Um, the promotion team of the 70s, I guess that's a core part of it, isn't it? Having that, that team team spirit on the pitch, off the pitch. Well, the, the thing about that is, well, that those guys that I joined, fortunately enough, were were a bunch of guys that were brought up together through the the, the kids' ranks. Like Trevor Tainton played for Bristol Boys and came up through the ranks, the same as Jeff Merritt, the same as Dave Rogers, all those kind of local guys, and and amalgamated with a, a few Scots and uh, Clive Whitehead and a couple of others. You know, it, 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 they've been together a long time. These guys, if, if if Pearson can keep these guys together for a little, a few seasons, I'm sure they make a bigger impact than they're making now. Yeah, fantastic, Matt. It's a uh, Wednesday. Wigan at home. Um, I think we need to approach the game exactly as we did today with Norwich. Um, and I know Wigan are at the opposite end of the table, but exactly, this is the sort of game that is the the old banana skin, isn't it? Well, Wigan um, sacked Torre. They've got Sean Maloney, an ex-Wigan sort of player um, and coach in there as well. Um, and they've picked up four points for the last two games. Um, I watched the highlights yesterday of their game against Huddersfield and um, they looked a little bit fortunate to get the win, if I'm honest with you. Um, but you're right, we, we've got to approach it. And again, listening to one of the youngsters, George Tanner, talking about the game and saying that, you know, there's there's no complacency. It's just the next game. They want to keep the run going. And, 
you know, I'm sure, well, Paul definitely will have been, but even Patch it, it, at your level and even me when I played five-a-side leagues, when you're on a run and you're at the top, you know, you're, you're top of your form, you want to keep that going as as individuals. So I'm sure they'll, they'll want to keep it going. Um, it won't be an easy game because we're going to scrap in. Um, but yeah, if we can, we can get a win on Wednesday and then go to Sunderland, um, which would be a completely different game and brilliant <laughs> for some of those lads um, who won't have played in an atmosphere like they will experience at the stadium and like that, that's going to be a big test for them as well. So it, yeah, it's, it's, we've got to go into every game positive, haven't we? Um, and you don't expect no, no reason why we don't expect any changes Wednesday, do we really? But no, I don't think so. George, George again said that he didn't think there were any injuries. Um, so no, you'd expect it to be the same, um, the same start. I think the fact is Wednesday gives you an extra day. So if there were a couple of, you know, you might've talked about, well, do you give the strikers a bit of a change? I don't think he needs to now with Wednesday. So all things being equal, I'd expect it to be the same, the exact same starting lineup and same squad. Yeah. A few quick fire birthdays yesterday. Um, it was the 60th birthday of one of my favourites, Matt Glenn Pennyfather. You do love Glenn Pennyfather, <laughs> don't you? It's just yeah. the name I like. It's just uh, just the one goal I noticed as well. It was like a huge deflection. Yeah, it was. Yeah, but he Sorry. almost did yeah, score yeah. at Anfield as well. I think Brian Tinian's glad he didn't. Yeah, he did. You're right. Um, and 30th birthday for Benicophobe today. So, right. um, yeah, he's, uh, he's one of our favourite all-time loan players, would you say? Yeah, I, I've got a signed photograph of him at the, the, the top yeah um yeah really popular Benick, wouldn't he for i guess what he went through and his family went through added to that that formed a bond didn't it with the club and yeah absolutely. he's another player you know i talked about greg cunningham last week um but Benick is another player very much in the albert mold with it when they come back they show the respect that, that you want is you know fans don't you so um yeah i, I really like Benick. Yeah, top, and top yes, player. yesterday was Horder Magnuson's thirtieth birthday. Was it? Well. Yeah. And today, Paul is the birthday of Mick Harford. Uh, Mick Harford, who obviously was playing in the game, uh, the first game after the events of of Ashton Gate Eight. So, someone I expect you've come up come up against potentially another good header of the ball. <clears throat> to be quite honest, I never played against him. I got okay. by anyway, but. Um, Certainly a, a great header of the ball, good back post player, um, did well for us, scored a nice amount of goals. Yeah, he was always a dangerous player, definitely. Yeah. And Joe Lowe scored yesterday, Matt. Good to see. Good to see. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I put that in our chat, didn't I? Yeah, and I, th I think he's doing really well there. Looks very fit from the photos that I saw as well. Fantastic. Good stuff. Well, um, I'm going to do a bit of a giveaway as it was the Ashton Gate 841 yesterday. I've got um, a signed, um, signed photos of six of the eight. So I'll be putting that up on the Twitter at 3PIAPC. So simply retweet this, this podcast episode and you'll go into the draw for that. But Paul, thank you so much for coming on the podcast insightful as always but great to get you on the on the podcast and talk about the game so hopefully you've enjoyed that yeah it's been great thanks guys it's really been a pleasure anytime you want to do it again i'll be welcome absolutely yeah you certainly will and matt we'll see you uh on thursday probably for the for the yeah, podcast yeah. the wigan podcast any final comments from you no all good no just thanks to cheese legend as always yep thank you very much mate stuff Legend. right thanks for listening everybody we'll be back soon take care Cheers. take care all all the best i've been riding low i've been riding fast